for those of you that can't see, which is everyone, Dan has two side, well, a double-sided piece of A4 covered in handwriting. Bearing in mind that Dan's an engineer, which means none of that will be actually be legible. Would you like to show us your work again, Dan? <laughs> Here is my workings. Two sides of A4 scroll that I don't write cursive. I don't write in normal big and small letters. I don't do upper and lowercase. I do uppercase print. That's how I've been taught. I can't read this! So basically, Dan has an A4 page of loud noises! Awesome. I didn't make any notes to this episode. My notes are the inside of a Fry's Turkish Delight wrapper on which I have scrawled I'm sick with my own sweaty hands. (laughs) I chose to watch this while shivering under a blanket on the sofa. This week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where three nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Nathan, Dan and me, Paul. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd. This week it's episode 8, Out of Gas, in which shit kind of hits the fan for the Serenity crew in a way we've not seen before and Serenity ends up dead in the water. And we get to go on a little emotional ride on how our little family came together and how I burst into tears like a tiny hungry baby at the end. I think my summary for this episode is pretty much what I thought when it first started properly, which is Mal's dying, Serenity's dying, I'm not sure I want to watch the rest of the episode. (laughs) that is pretty much it. Yeah, see, knowing ahead of time that this is episode 8 or 14 may or may not have taken some of the sting out of it, which is why I was trying to lie to you previously and say that this was a a throw forward. And all future episodes are flashbacks. <laughs> Even knowing that there are six episodes to go, I still felt like this was the end. Yes. Because there's no particularly good place to mention it in the episode. I'll mention it now. I did like the way it used the the, sort of the, uh, the three time streams and jumped yeah. backwards and forwards between the three really well. It wasn't until you got to the third act that you caught up with yourself. Yes, all three kind of came together. Well, the second and third ones. I guess we should hit start on this mofo. Yes. That was something that I did like for this one, was that it was Mal doing the opening. He's done it on some of them before. It seems to yeah. jump backwards and forwards as to whether it's Mal or Shepard. Yeah. But this is such a... This is all about Mal, this episode. So it is. You say it's all about Mal, but it's, it is, but it's also a very Serenity family-centric episode. It fills in the gaps in our memories as to where the rest of them came from. There she is, Serenity, dead in space. Yeah, so... They've managed to achieve a, a cold open by having this multiple time structure. So there's the kind of prime narrative with Mal alone on the almost dead Serenity. And then flashbacks to the recent past and to the distant past. This was eerie. It was distressingly eerie, but mm. fantastically scored. The music throughout this episode is fantastic. Yeah, so what we're seeing, as I was saying, Mal alone on the um, murky... That's another thing. Apart from the sound, the visuals are quite good because to communicate that the air is failing and it's filling up with carbon dioxide and such, and it's cold, they've just stuck a load of dry ice in there. 
Yeah, everything. It's all got this blue hue. So I did like the bit where Mal just enters stage left and just falls on the floor, but mm. then you hear him talking to Zoe, and the door opens, and then that's flashback to the uh, the earliest time of yeah. the three streams. Mal and Zoe boarding Serenity for the first time. Well, Zoe specifically, but that's the you also get the big contrast in lighting there, where it was dark and blue with Mal. The door yeah, opens it's now and very it's warm flooding. and yellow. Yeah. Well, I guess that's to help you keep them straight because um, they do kind of blur reality a little bit in that Mal, who's clearly on his last legs in every sense of the word, is kind of um, remembering things extremely vividly to the extent that there's bleed over in the dialogue and, like you were saying, the door opening with light falling on his face, which is probably not happening in reality. Mm. So by putting this completely different visual cast on it, you can actually tell what's future, what's past. The three stream thing is done so well in this episode. I can't think of anywhere that does flashbacks as well as this episode. Well, the only thing I can think of that's even remotely like it is actually from literature rather than from TV, and that's The uh, the Subtle Knife, the second book of the Dark Materials trilogy, which jumps from world to world, and then mm. a little symbol on the page, so you know which world they happen to be in at the time. Mm. So we fade back to Mao, and the camera shifts from as Mao and Zoe go through the, the back door in the cargo bay, and the camera pans down, the lighting changes from the oranges to the blues, and you see Mal on the floor, and then it goes under the grate, and you see blood dripping from him, so you know that this is bad. He's dying. Yeah. See, I was half expecting the blood to drop onto the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think that's, uh, I don't think Firefly's quite that kind of show. Actually, you mentioned no. the scoring earlier for the abandoned timeline. Mm. Actually, something I noticed, and will, would have put in my notes if I'd been up to holding a pen, was... That actually, apart from the music, actually the foley is up really high in that timeline. So they've got the you know footsteps, laboured breathing. I think there was like a creak at some point, which actually has the effect of making it sound more silent and eerie. Yeah, the the sound design for that time stream is just spot on. It really does give you that that evocative sense that he is alone. Yeah, this is it. Whereas the it's also the sharpest shot, I think. Whereas the others have film grain filter or just yeah. general fog in the air. Yeah, it did almost the, the fog of memory. Yeah. So we see him clutching at a bit of machinery as he forces himself to his feet and at, at this point you have no idea what the hell has happened. All you know he's got this bit of machinery in his hand. And a hole in his stomach. Yeah. And an empty ship. And it, it does leave you really questioning. There's another fantastically soft transition into the family dinner. So the the middle of the three time streams. Hmm. I love this scene. I love how everyone is it's just a big family dinner. Once again, Wash comes late to the party. I'm pretty sure Wash is the hardest worker on this boat after Kaylee. Well, it's not like a car. You can't just pull over and stop. <laughs> it is flying all the time that it's not on the ground. Yeah. And even when he's on the ground, he doesn't get a break. So here's a question for you. Not to... Uh jump ahead too much, which would be fitting, I suppose. At the point at which they say they are stopped, and, you know, quotes, dead in the water, presumably they're still actually moving, just with the old continues in a straight line at the same momentum <laughs> fashion. Isaac Newton is the biggest badass in the universe, is he not, Dan? We haven't really worked out how the physics work. Yeah, uh, they don't quite say I would imagine that if they're travelling through deep space, they're using whatever it is that forms their faster than light travel. Well, that's the thing. We don't know if there is faster than light. But then I guess it's kind of irrelevant because they say we've got like three hours to live and the 
ETA was to get there in two weeks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should have been an eighteen-hour flight, but they've extended it to two weeks to avoid patrols. I would assume that you know they would do the realistic, most well, not necessarily most efficient, but the speediest thing, which is accelerate halfway there, then flip over and decelerate the rest of the way. Hmm. And I mean, the the times that we've seen them bug out from somewhere, the Serenity's arse end lights up like a firefly, and they disappear. They they shoot off. And then That's they have true, the so. conventional engines that they seem to use in Atmo and for manoeuvring into orbit. I'm assuming that main engine's possibly not faster than light, but it's certainly you know, a, a good fraction of C. Yeah. That is a weird cake. <laughs> the protein cake. <laughs> Kaylee's description of it. Well, it, it's mostly protein. Well, it's all protein, but you know, I've, it's the best I could come up to with chocolate. It's basically what we just had for dinner. But yeah, so it's Simon's birthday. Congratulations, Simon. I quite like the way uh, uh, Rivers <laughs> talking about how it's not actually his birthday, so I didn't get you anything. Yeah, it's it's all re- it's all relative. Everyone else got his date of birth from the arrest warrant the Alliance has put out for him. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's just another nice moment. It's like they, River and Simon are finally definitely part of the crew. Everyone's getting on, and I got to say I like Jane in this episode. Yeah, I wondered how Nathan was going to react to Jane in this one because I did quite <laughs> like Jane in this episode. Yeah, I didn't have any. Um objections to him this week which is as we know unusual he was a very team player to good guy in this one I thought but we'll get although there is a a line later where Mal at one point describes him as saying he'll be an asset if there's trouble but basically treat him like he's a bear (laughs) (laughs) feed him regularly don't let him think he's in charge so a bit of a power dip on Serenity Kaylee moves to go and find out what's going on and River mentions fire and someone goes to blow out his candles. And then there's a big explosion from deep in the belly of Serenity. And Zoe gets blown across the room. There's some good good stunt acting there. Yeah. Actually, but at least they're doing the sensible thing of, uh, we're on a spaceship, we're on fire, let's do the FTL thing of open all the external doors and let all the, all the Atmo out. Yeah, they've, they seal off the lower decks real quick and opens the, the cargo bay doors. How? Yeah, if you've... For listeners who haven't played FTL, grand strategy, if you've got fire on board, just open the airlocks, and that fixes the problem really quickly. It also works with invaders. Yes, it does. Bo- and if, you've not, if you've not played FTL, go and play it. <laughs> and then uh, once, that's, once that situation's resolved, you just turn the power to the oxygen way back up, and everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fire tornado that comes spilling <laughs> out. It vomit, vomits the fire out the belly. See, that was a good bit with Jane. I was someone saying, oh, I need to go and get my medical kit. Obviously, the, the med bay being in the bit that's being evacuated and Jane being I can't let you down there it's sealed up and so he might die yeah. well I've opened that we'll all die yeah that's I mean the, you could take that as Jane being his ordinary I don't want to die self but I th- that was a very much no everyone needs to hold still and yeah just wait so you can see the concern on everyone's thing. face over Zoe yeah. uh, especially Kaylee who's now because she's the reason Zoe got injured yeah exactly she's feeling guilty Oh, and she's feeling guilty because keeping Serenity working is her job. Yeah. What did I note for this one? Uh, flash forward to the med bay. Yeah, um, it's another one of those brother and sister moments for Mal and Kaylee. Yeah. Now, he goes over, He he's very softly spoken with her. Yeah, he's not angry at all. Talks to her. Yeah, it's not her fault in the slightest. Just find out what's going on. And then we get to this bit with Wash and Mal, and it flips. Yes, and Mal starts off softly, softly. We're all friends here. Wash is understandably very agitated because his wife's dying and tells Mal not to ask him to leave her again. And 
his line, I wasn't asking, I was telling. And then the swearing under Wash's breath and then Mal forcibly shoving him against the wall and laying it down as this is what we need to do to survive. To the fact that it shocks Jane. Yeah, I don't, Mal's never been like that with any of them, even Jane. Yeah, this is the, that's the, this is what needs to be done to save us all. Let the doc work on Zoe, and it did. It, you see that it, it did shock Jane. He just the couple of steps back and the look on his face. Well, I love the jump back then to wash on the bridge for the first time with his Hawaiian shirt and his proper and tash. porn star tash. That, wow. that is one of the big notes. I'm going to show you. But there it is. That tash written there in big letters. That tash. <laughs> <laughs> There's a DVD extra, which is that scene, except when he appears from underneath the uh, console, both Zoe and Mal also have moustaches. <laughs> <laughs> Talking here about Wash, and they don't like Wash, and then there's the, the genius so engineer Mal, who wanders Mal past. Mal likes Wash. Zoe doesn't like Wash. Yeah, well, true. And yeah, then tells them that they've got this genius mechanic, and you think, oh, this is where we meet Kaylee. No, this random dude wanders past and goes, huh, no one has ever called me a genius before. And you're like, who the fuck's that guy? Ah, but he also says shiny, just like Kaylee. He does. does say shiny. Having missed that scene just now because I was distracted, did he have a shirt on at the time? Because I just remember him as never having a shirt on. This uh, is best to be the past person. He did have a shirt on. All oh, right. Going back to what Nathan said um, the other week about the, the gun thing, if you show a gun in Act 1, it will be fired before the end. Yeah, in this case, it's Chekhov's adrenaline stab thing. Yeah. That they show Mal finding the adrenaline for the doctor to save Zoe, and then it cuts to Mal in the infirmary getting adrenaline to shove into his own chest. I'm not entirely sure of the necessity of giving yourself a, an intracardiac adrenaline injection if you're not having a heart attack. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure about the wisdom of that either. Maybe he was just aiming for his general blood supply rather than his yeah. heart necessarily. Not being a doctor, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> if any doctor, if I've seen casualty or ER, you know, I'm pretty sure when they're having a heart attack, you inject them with adrenaline in the heart. Back to another brother and sister moment with Kaylee and Mal. I've got, they've got two things for this one. There are brother and sister moments with Kaylee and Mal, and then there were guy moments with Wash and Mal. The first guy moment being the argument and Mal stepping forward as captain. And then as it goes through, it gets to the next guy moment. But yeah, it's not ideal for them at the minute. Kaylee's just reported that they're screwed. Yeah, that bit with Kaylee talking to Mal is... Uh, breaking it to him that they are well they're boned I think they've actually thrown they've foreshadowed this in a couple of episodes previously where Kaylee's wanted to buy a compression coil or something and he's basically said we don't have the money just make do yeah Yeah. and we're now seeing the consequences of that lifestyle there was a um, Serenity RPG actually shortly after it was cancelled which I think was not wildly popular partly because you kept having problems like this the average adventure did not pay enough to cover your maintenance costs during that adventure ah that's strange yeah so in keeping with the uh, TV show I guess but people as players generally don't want to be barely scraping by (laughs) they want to get absurdly wealthy and buy a plus two sword I I like this little scene between Simon and uh, Anara it was very sweet Simon's something all scientific about it. Yeah, it is a common theme of the series that we, uh, once a, a stressful situation is presented, we'll sometimes cycle through the entire cast and see how everyone's dealing with it. Yeah, which is good because they all deal with it different ways. I think the only one that doesn't get a moment to himself is Jane in this one. Hmm. He just sort of interjects in others. Yeah, that's true. And did this one with Shepard and River 
<laughs> Shepherd's fearing for his life reading the Bible, and it was just all, yeah, don't be afraid. You are afraid, but don't be afraid. We won't suffocate to death. We'll then freeze the, to death first. Yeah, her mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll freeze to death first. And then she just walks away, and it's the look on Shepard's face. You weren't expecting a normal conversation from Riverway. He's just starting to feel a little bit better and be comforted by her, and then she just like, in that bump. So this was guy moment two for me. The fact that this argument just erupts. Now, it'd been brewing. Something had to be said. It erupted. To the point where Mal has a good point on what to do next. Wash then can't back down because he's gone too far in his argument. So shouts his agreement that that's what he's going to do. <laughs> and then you get Jane's other good guy team player moment where he comes down and he's like, what are you all doing arguing at a time like this? And they both look a little bit sheepish and guilty. He's like, using up all the goddamn air. But again, that might be, uh, say, Jane being team player, that's Jane being selfish. It's Jane again. being Jane, yeah. But it's, it started off as a team player moment. The trick is to manoeuvre Jane into the sort of position where what's best for Jane happens to be best for everyone else as well. Yeah. Yeah, for all that he's a, a genial guy, Wash is, um, does tend to get angry when he's under the gun, as it were. I don't think it's anything that involves Zoe. Well, yes. That pushes him. That's that's his button. Otherwise, yeah, he's just he'll just go with it. I love this scene. Well, <laughs> maybe I should go do that then. Fine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> look. Hey, use up all the air. The sheepish look on their faces. I like the fact that Serenity's computer tells them the life support's failing in English and then Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Which is another example of Chinese being used that isn't swearing. One assumes. Not being fluent in, I'm assuming it's Mandarin Chinese. Like it could be could be filth. Could it's, be. it's probably not, but you know, it could be. Oh god, oh god, we're all gonna die. Best they're having sex in the engine room. Yes, I will have to say, I was quite surprised when you find out who it's having sex with. <laughs> From the short time we know Bester, I didn't really like him. No, I didn't like Bester. Well, you're not meant to like him because he's about to get fired. He's got some weird triangle tattoo around his nipple as well, which is peculiar to say the least. <laughs> Did he just describe Kaylee as a prairie harpy? Yes. Yeah, I'm not really sure I've heard that expression before. I, I, I'd love these lines from Kaylee just there. She's getting dressed. Like, no, it ain't your grav boot. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is. I saw it when I was down there on my back. <laughs> Yeah, seen your trouble playing as day when I was down there on my back before. <laughs> I like the fact that, that Kaylee seems to have just hooked up with this guy just to get a look at Serenity's engine. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't need this bit anyway. It doesn't do anything. It just gets jammed up and causes problems. Anonymous silver cube. So this is I think this is the point where obviously we're now decided to hire, but stems from all of the Kaylee can make do without needing everything she might need. <laughs> It's also um, point one of Malnick's incredibly impulsive hiring decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I guess um, the fact he's taken Shepard, Simon and River all on as de facto crew members, just because they happen to be there. <laughs> but it's kind of sticking with his tradition. I can understand him going, yeah, okay, we'll keep Simon because he's a doctor and River sort of comes to Simon. The decision to keep the pastor on as a crewman, it's like, what does he do? Yeah, we've talked about it before. No one's particularly religious. It's been vaguely intimated that he's paying a a passenger fare. He's probably the only paying fare at this Mm. point. Well, we've talked about that before, though. He does a lot of the domestic work. But that was quite good with Kaylee leaving the engine room in the past and then Mal following her out and then it going back to the middle timeline with her apologising for it not working. Yeah. You do feel sorry for her at this point. She's just blaming herself for everything. 
Yeah, with a theme throughout this episode is Mal having to do the uh, leadership job to keep, um, well, despair away from yeah, particularly else. Wash and Kaylee who have technical jobs to do and can't don't have time for it. Yeah. Um, which makes me wonder if that was part of the inspiration for having Zoe basically not in this episode, at least not in the, the middle timeline. Yeah. Because... She does feel that other leadership role. Yeah, she's the person most likely to second-guess him or to have other people look to for instructions. Which is pretty much her job as kind of de facto first officer. Yeah. I liked in that middle stream bit just then that as part of the, the natural flow of the conversation, Mal gets Kay to show him what's wrong, where it goes, what he should do. Because the, you know, we know that Mal knows nothing about mm. the engine. But we've now yeah. seen Kaylee show him what he needs to do to fix it. Yeah. And then we cut back to the present timeline and it's Mal trying to fit this component and dropping it because his hands are covered in blood. But you know that he now knows where it goes. Always handy when you're trying to fix something. Yeah, it actually is. <laughs> so the back in the, the middle timeline, Mal's kicking everyone off his boat. And this comes to guy moment three between Mal and Wash. Yeah, so the plan here is that they're going to use the shuttles as lifeboats. The problem being that they can't reach anywhere or really broadcast much. So they're going to have to set off and in the event that somehow they get Serenity fixed, which looks like unlikely at this point, they'll be called back. Otherwise, I guess they'll just keep going until they can't keep going. This is a point at which it became pretty grim for me, is when they kind of laid out these options and everyone was kind of saying, well, I guess we've got yeah. between f- between dinner time and bedtime, we'll all be dead, is the single most likely outcome. So that four people to a shuttle maximum, but there's nine on the boat. Mal's staying behind just in case anyone comes knocking. And then we get to the guy moment where the argument is done. No, the disagreement was done, the argument was done. Like guys generally do, you get pissed off at each other, you have a bit of a row, and then it's done, dusted, and they get on. That's the way also the Mal calls everyone, like friends, get moving. Yeah, that's it. At that point, it is no longer the, he's no longer the captain. No, you're leaving. The, the chase scene between Anara and Mal now, where she's trying to stop him, and he's telling her, no, it's your, it's your shuttle, you, you still owe it, paid it up for the end of the month, it's still yours. He opens the door to the shuttle and then we seamlessly cut to the inside of the shuttle as he's opened it for Anara as she's renting it for the first time. Another brilliant cut. They are very, very smooth, well done and fit the storyline really well. Yeah, I'd be kind of curious to see what this episode is like if it was recut in that um, memento fashion so all the scenes happened in chronological order. I suspect it'd be awful. You'd probably lose all the tension. (laughs) But equally, by going back, it doesn't stop it becoming... It stops it... It stops it becoming too maudlin and everything by having the lighter moments. Yeah. But there are a few light moments in this exchange between the two of them. I like when she's negotiating on her price and uh, he's like, Oh, and why do you think I'll give it to you at that price? And she steps right up and he's like, You want me? He's like, I do. (laughs) You want me on your boat? Yeah, this arrangement has been mentioned in previous episodes as well. When they were being interrogated and the Alliance captain was saying, why on earth is there a companion on this tramp freighter? She says something like, um, the captain finds that having me on board opens certain doors to him. So we've got another hint at what the yeah. the social status of companions is in this setting. Throws back to the first episode where he referred to her as well, the yes, ambassador. That's also the bit earlier when, I'm trying to which episode it was, where they were delayed. Was I thought, was that our oh, Mrs. Reynolds? Where they were going to be late? And she's like, oh, you, you, we, you had, we had an agreement. You would get me to places on time. I do believe you're correct. The, the rules about the shuttle is hers 
um, needs to respect to privacy. No one just walking in without knocking. It's manly like, yeah, and we impulsive. can do that. Yeah, <laughs> except I think I said don't. <laughs> the words I use were don't. It throws back to all their conversation. The interactions just stem from this one conversation. And then he calls her a whore. Oh, I mentioned earlier about this um, sharp lighting in the the present, quote-unquote, and um, different lighting in the past seems. This one's just very dark. You can't see anything apart from people's faces. Yeah, it's like they've just got some backscatter from one of the screens or something in yeah. that sort of greeny-yellow phosphory colour. But then it, even what light there was was very diffused. Mm. But now we're back in the middle time scene and it's completely different lighting again with Mal fussing and making sure everything's set ready for Inara. It was very married couple at this point. Now she says, get out of the way, you never could drive this thing. And it's very sweet how she keeps trying to convince him to come with them. And then that line right there. You don't have to die alone. Everybody, Everybody dies alone. Everybody dies alone, yeah. That that was like, shit. And you can see them all shivering and starting to get cold, wearing jackets, rubbing their arms. So no one, no one mentions it, but you can see that they're starting to get cold. Washer's rigged up the big red button to recall the shuttles if help does arrive. All Mal has to do is hit it and it'll recall them. Which, uh, that, that was the last of the, the, the guy moments from where that everything that has happened just now has gone. Now that's it. They're back to friendship good status and then Jane good guy moment he's been round he's shut off all the lower deck vents he's rerouted the oxygen to the bridge for Mal he's prepped him a suit Jane didn't have to do any of that no one asked Jane to do any of that as far as we're aware Jane just did it yeah that was actually Jane being reasonably altruistic for a change wasn't really anything selfish about that no I think that's like Jane set of like this is what I would need this is what I would want, and he just did it. This is where it gets kind of sad as the shuttles leave and Mal just goes around shutting the doors. As I, I said uh, the other day, one of my favourite bits of trivia comes from this show, this episode, and it's to do with the, the red button. And so we just seen Wash rig the red button to call back the shuttles if Serenity got saved. And the story goes that after it was cancelled and they'd wrapped and everything and they're all saying goodbye, They'd taken the red button off Serenity and mounted it and gave it to Josh Whedon and said, when it's time, we will come. And it was like, that. I thought that that's quite a sweet anecdote. I'm assuming it's true, but either way, it's a sweet anecdote. It's the sort of thing you, you want to be true. Yeah. And I suppose it is, because they got the movie and they were all in it. To some extent. <laughs> to some extent, yes. But there wasn't any of the nine that was missing. I tell you what, now that we're about halfway through the episode, we start seeing... Actually, no, this has been the case throughout. There's been a lot of points where you're like, their very tenuous path to success has failed now. There's lots of points of failure that just come very close. One was just there, where Mal, now alone on the bridge, wrapped in a blanket, possibly suffocating, doesn't quite um, wake up in time to notice the hail from a passing ship. Although yeah. then does on the second ring. It's only because they're a salvage ship. Yeah, it's only because they're a salvage ship and they're literally just turning up to check out this ship that's just floating. The negotiation went well, you know? It's, yeah, it's just a shame the other guy had no intention of keeping his part of the bargain. <laughs> well, this is... Yeah. Uh, which I think Mal knew from the start that the guy wasn't to be trusted. Yeah. I think he always knew that there was a chance. But then I suppose there's always a chance. No, He's the last man alive on a dying ship. It's 
Well, he's certainly got no hold over the other person. They're well away from alliance control again. Yeah, it's another scene of... It's going to be a bit of a recurring <laughs> It's theme, another scene of um, the characters desperately want freedom from government control, but once they achieve it, discover that everyone is terrible. Yeah, strangely. But they show that they've got the bit for him. He opens the door, enjoys the warm air, and he's greeted by guns. <laughs> it's the look on his face there. When he, yeah, the, as he's raising his hands, you can see, you can see the, the start to form on his lips. <laughs> now we firmly start what I would term as Act 3. Yeah, well, mainly because of the fade to black where they would have an ad break. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that you're very nearly caught up on yourself now. Oh yeah, we go back to being having guns pointed at him at the front door again. With Jane. The, this made me chuckle. The meeting of Jane. I did enjoy this. I didn't notice it before, but have you looked at the uh, the tractor yeah. in the background? They've made it into a space tractor by welding some sort of like metal plate over the Quite wheels. Hexagonal hubcaps. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Space tractor. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that before. It was like immediately space tractor. Yeah, now you mention it, I can see uh, that. They the just hub. put some other papier-mâché bits on it to make it look rough and ready, but it is just a blue... Um, Blue tractor with some bits stuck on it. Space tractor. Yeah, in this scene where they are um, <laughs> being held up by a band of mercenaries that includes Jane, they've tried to make them look um, uh, rough and dirty by just kind of smearing stuff on them. Slightly undermined for me by the fact that Jane, as you know, Adam Baldwin as Jane, still has magnificent white teeth. <laughs> that is <laughs> yes. I did wonder, did wonder about that as well, actually. It is a fantastic exchange between two. There's Mao essentially negotiates with Jane to double cross yeah, to betray the people he's working at the moment. It does again. It sets the standard for how Mao knows that Jane can't be trusted <laughs> too far and will sell himself out to the highest bidder at a moment's notice. But we know from what we've seen with Jane in last week's episode. That um, Jane's not, not you're not afraid to cut and run at any point. Yeah, the Jane is out for Jane. I love that the big selling point for Jane turning on his buddies is that he gets his own room. Yeah, <laughs> your own room for full run of the kitchen. I ain't asking. Bang, shoots him in the knee. Slip back to the present. That is a bit of a bit of a Jane being a bastard there. But then yeah. that was that was old sort of four year ago Jane, not new, improved. Maybe. I did like that they didn't put Jane. on lots of time titles like there was no six hours earlier mm. dot 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 they're just relying on yeah, um, you, context to let you figure that out there's no way to know in which order they met anyone other than Mao and Zoe were on board they met Wash and then they met Kaylee other than that the others could have boarded any time yeah now this gun that was strapped to the, the little buggy did Mao put that there or was that just something that had been living there. I think that's something that's been living there because the holster was attached to the, uh, to that's the quad, and I reckon it's there for you know, so it's discreet, and they don't have to go and find it if stuff goes wrong while they're uh, out on a job. I, li- I like that exchange between two. So he's, he's pulled the gun, he's got the drop on them because they've all got their guns down, and he's forced them off the ship, leaving the part after being shot. And the other captain says, "You would have done the same," and Mal's like. Evidently not. I've already proved. Already proved that I wouldn't. Or that happened. And then he, and then he falls flat on the deck plating, which catches us up to the beginning of the episode. And now, a quick jump around the ship to show you all the places where he's left left his blood stains, and then back and down to the engine room, trying to grab the bit out from the pit where he dropped it. 
You can see that he's struggling now. No. Well, I thought he, I the thought loss, um, the Nathan Fillion was doing a good job of acting someone on their uh, or in extreme physical distress earlier, and that's been even more so now that he's it's kind of like trying to um, unlock your front door while really drunk. <laughs> Only in in this case, <laughs> yeah. losing blood at a rapid rate and also breathing ninety percent carbon dioxide. It seems. I also quite like the way that you know he puts puts the bit on. It's not like Star Trek where you just plug it in, boop, <laughs> up it goes. It's you've got to actually put some piping in and some wires, and they all look like dodgy bits of copper, and uh, and then he's got to crank it and get it running again. I like the I turned I turned this sequence the long yeah. walk in my notes, and it's all shot from first person as he's traversing from the engine room through the cabin up with some very wobbly again. camera work. Yeah, quite a lot of grain as well. Trying to reach the button. Is that the first time we've had a first person, a point of view, shot in this series? I think it is. Yeah, I think I, so. I think so. Yeah. If if it isn't, it's the first time I've noticed it. How much were you willing him to make it to that button at this point? I was wondering, even though I've seen it before, I was somehow wondering if it was actually going to be he manages to get it working again, but then dies on his way to the console, or indeed manages to get back there, but the lifeboats have already run out of oxygen or something. In which case, it'd be an incredibly bleak <laughs> ending. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't even really call it a ferric victory at that point. So yeah, he, he obviously falls down on the bridge, dead, dying, before he hits the button. Then wakes up in the infirmary, surrounded by his family. Yeah, with like sixty seconds left in the episode, is the release of all the tension that's been built up <laughs> over the last forty-four minutes or whatever. This whole sequence that was the tear-jerking bit for me. He was quite lucky that Wash is the same blood type. <laughs> It could just be an O. So if I was going to have a ship like that, I'd say, right, you're only allowed on if you're O negative. <laughs> Doesn't matter what blood group I am. Then it was a bit from uh, from Hot Shots where they plumb the guy up on the on the bed next to him on the deck of the aircraft carrier and it just sucks all the blood out of him and then they replace him with a really, really dodgy rubber mannequin over the bloke and it just goes flat as it drains everything out of him. Zoe's come to in the ship and she's ordered them back to go and retrieve Mal or whatever. That's what saved him. And Jane's like, yeah, well, we would have been back first too if Anara hadn't done something to the shuttle. It smells funny. So <laughs> <laughs> like Jane was like, yeah, I wanted to come back as well, Mal. I, it was. I wanted to come back. I think this episode. Remember when we watched uh, Jamestown, and Nathan wondered if uh, we were going to see any long-lasting effects from Jane's sort of profound revelations on himself. I like to think that some of the, the actions he took in this episode are because of those revelations. Yeah, I love this bit at the end where just as yeah. Mal drifts off to sleep in the future, he's remembering right back at the beginning when he's obviously at the uh, the space scrapyard with a fat second-hand car, spa- you know, car spaceship salesman, car and he's looking over at Serenity, kind of rusting away in a corner with his engines not even attached properly. That was a really good episode. I love that. I know at the beginning I was like, yeah, this is definitely my favourite episode for... No, I think I need to reclassify my favourite episode as possibly Out of Gas. It's definitely been my favourite so far. I've really enjoyed that. I think I would also say it's... Wow, we, we got we got a favourite <laughs> from Paul. That that was something he said I think we've all got happen. a unanimous con- uh, conclusion, actually. I never said that I wouldn't have a favourite, <laughs> I just said that I wouldn't rank them. <laughs> Certainly not at the time when you were asking, when we'd only seen two episodes... <laughs> 
So it, this is definitely my favourite, but I don't know if it's one I would pick out to show someone who hadn't seen the previous ones. Yeah, I think you need the build-up of everything else for this one to make sense. You need the emo- the emotional investment in the crew and in Mal. Yeah. Otherwise, the the button moment where he doesn't make it isn't it doesn't mean anything, does it? It's just now he's kicking people. Yeah, off and you also um, the revelation that Zoe and um, Jane spontaneously decided to return to Serenity rather than being instructed to seems more like a Deus Ex Machina. Now, I don't know if James was like, "Oh no, we're gonna just turn around." I think Zoe may have. Oh, he may have done got on the radio and said, "We're going back." Yeah, they may have still yeah. been in range, but like, like Paul said earlier, no, Zoe wasn't in this episode because she would have been making those second guesses. So this was the second guess, the only second guess that she got to make of Mal, and that was to order everyone mm. back to the ship, which luckily for her worked because you know he got Serenity back up and running. Well, I suppose what was the alternative? <laughs> throw it around and drift yes, space exactly. and pray. We knew there was a salvage ship nearby. <laughs> Put your head between your knees and kiss your balls goodbye. I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. It's definitely fantastic. The, the camera work, the lighting, the music, the acting. I know we said before that some of the physical acting has been superb, especially from the guy that plays Simon. And I think, that, again, it just shows that they are really capable of that physical act. Yeah, there wasn't really any character that was completely neglected this episode either. Like uh, in in an episode that we all liked for different reasons, the um our Mrs. Reynolds, I did notice that River and Simon were basically not appearing, but they managed to cram everyone in in this one. And it didn't feel like they were just putting them in for the sake of it. You know, they were building on previous stuff, so Shepard and River weren't in it very much, but they were in it together building on their previous interactions mm. together. Yeah, I wonder how much of the book he managed to repair after she tore pages from <laughs> the Space Bible. Future Space, space Bible. Bibles. Future space current Bibles. Space Bible. And future space tractors. People seem to forget Not that we are, actually, we are actually living on a giant spaceship. <laughs> it is. We've got a giant, giant sphere that flies through space. It's a damn spaceship, this planet. Although with you. extremely poor manoeuvrability. <laughs> yeah. That's the same logic that says that astronauts are meteorites because they fall from space to Earth. (laughs) They are. Hi, I'm Buzz Aldrin and I'm a meteorite. Good episode. So what have we got next week? I've not looked forward. So next is Ariel. Disguised as medical personnel, the crew infiltrates a hospital with the intention of stealing valuable supplies. What could possibly go (laughs) wrong? (laughs) Well, you never know. I might, I might be wrong entirely. It may go absolutely swimmingly. I was actually worried that yeah, was going to... look at the Jamestown crime. That went swimmingly. <laughs> I was actually worried that was going to be a spoilery description from Netflix, but they've done all right there. Hopefully it is not a spoiler if I say there are significant developments in Ariel. I, I can't remember mm. Ariel that much. Oh, I've just realised. I don't know what to think of it before. Obviously, Out of Gas, as Dan mentioned at the beginning, episode eight. That means we're more than halfway <laughs> yes, through. Yes, indeed. Oh, God. Oh. That, which means we're getting very close to Ghostbusters time. <laughs> it does mean we're getting close to Ghostbusters time. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was Out of Gas. Absolutely fantastic. Loved it. And a unanimous decision as well. Yeah. I think we've had a couple of unanimous decisions. But I think definitely, yeah, it, fantastic. Well, I was reasonably sure it was going to be in our, our top eight. You <laughs> have to draw a top ten out of 13 episodes. Let's avoid the temptation to start doing top tens because it just gets mean-spirited when there's only 14 contestants. It does. 
<laughs> we could do a top five in no particular order. Well, we'll come back next week and find out where Ariel fits into things. I'll see you next time. Yeah, see you. Bye. That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more remedial nerding. <laughs>